A few months ago, Frontline Education asked principals all across the country to tell us about their work. What do they love most about their jobs? What motivates them? What do they wish that they knew more about? And of course, what do they find most challenging in their work as principals? At the very top of the list, the answer that we got most often when we asked what was most challenging was parents. I want parents to be active participants, both in their students' life, their child's life, um, high school life, but also in the inner workings of the school. I want to see parents at sporting events. I want to see parents um, at concerts and, and, and walking the halls during different, different things that we have here. But how do you get there? How do you take parents who are either critical or absent from the school and turn them into partners in the educational life of the building? A lot of people fail to realize that this is, this is a customer service business. Uh, we have people's most precious commodities for seven and a half to eight hours a day. Um, so it's important for them to have a clear understanding of what's happening. And if something is not going as they think it should, why? And, and can, we, can we do things a little bit differently? That is our story today as we speak with one high school principal who isn't satisfied with bringing parents along for the ride. He wants them to help drive the bus. I do believe it's time well spent. Sometimes it may not feel like time well spent when you're expecting 100 parents and 20 show up, but those 20 parents, um, the impact that you can have in the dialogue and the conversation and what you get from those individuals, I think, I think is valuable. From Frontline Education, this is Field Trip. Dennis Williams is the principal at Hatboro Horsham High School in Montgomery County, Pennsylvania, about 15 miles outside of Philadelphia. It's a school with about 1,550 students, and Dennis has been here for a while. I have been here for the last 15 years as an administrator, um, and prior to that, I'm actually a 1993 graduate of this high school. So I, I like to tell people that uh, one of the inmates is running the asylum here. <laughs> That's great. And you're giving us some of your time here on AP exam week. Yes. Yes. This is this is an interesting week. This morning kicked <laughs> off the first series of AP exams. Um, it's, a, it's a two week window and, and I've got 500 kids running around here crazy um, over the next two weeks. But uh, we're ready to go. We're talking today about engagement and specifically how you work to engage families. And while most people would agree that this kind of engagement matters, how, how would you articulate why it matters? I think it's important. First of all, I think it's important for people to, to, to really have an understanding, especially administrators and teachers, that there is a significant difference between involvement and engagement. Schools do a great job of involving parents, sending information home. So you know how to be involved. Um, here's when this PTA meeting is going to take place. Here's where the fundraiser is going to take place. That's involvement. What schools have not done a great job of and we need to improve is how do we engage parents more effectively? How do we get people to the table as we start to make decisions? Because ultimately the decisions that we make, whether they be academic, co-curricular, policy, typically those decisions are made top down. And that's not to say that, that you know, 
that that won't be the case for many things, but I think there's a significant shift in terms of how our students are wired, which ultimately means there's a shift in how our parents are wired. So the better job we can do um, in terms of engaging families more effectively and engaging our community more effectively, the better off I think we'll be. When schools don't work effectively with parents, no surprise, parents don't have a good sense of what's happening in the building. And so Dennis said that they try to get as much face time as possible with the parents. Every other month, he invites parents to what he calls a chat and chew, and he runs over the goals that they've set and how the school is making progress toward them. But the most important part of that time together is, okay, so tell me what we're doing right and tell me what we're doing wrong. A lot of people fail to realize that this is this is a customer service business, right? Uh, we have people's most precious commodities for seven and a half to eight hours a day. Um, so it's important for them to have a clear understanding of what's happening and if something is not going um, as they think it should, why? And, and can we can we do things a little bit differently? The piece about engagement comes in when after you've attempted to engage, really everybody should be connected. So our demographics have changed significantly and we're finding more um, more opportunities where it used to be great for our parents to come out during the day to get involved in some things. So we took that parent chat and chew opportunity and then also turned it into an evening opportunity virtually. Right. For some of our parents. So they still have that opportunity to get together with us online, hear some of the same information, share some of those things. You have to remove roadblocks to parents getting involved, he said, especially when it's an important initiative. We've had a number of opportunities where we've brought in food trucks right? because some of the biggest barriers to parent engagement is transportation, work schedules and the time that you do things. Um, so we try and look at how do you, how can you break down some of those barriers to engage your parents a little more effectively. And I'm also a firm believer that if you can hook the kids and you can engage the kids, the parents will follow because parents want to be involved when they think that their kids are involved and they're happy and they're talking about what's happening that's positive at school. It sounds like you're not just talking about engagement as a way to say, hey, here's the information you need, but you're actually setting it up as a, as a listening post. Is that right? Absolutely. Absolutely. One of the things that we do every two years is um, we try to uh, get some information from our parents about, about how we even operate, right? So um, we send out what, I again, I call a customer service survey. Um, and that customer service survey doesn't just talk about, you know, what are the extracurricular opportunities for your child? Um, does your child feel like they're being treated fairly? But even down to the point of how are you approached when you walk into our building? Are you greeted in a positive manner or not? When you call an office in our building, how are you treated? What do you think about our grounds, our facilities? All of those things are important because, you know, selfishly, the high school is the flagship of the district, right? So it's important that people have a positive experience. And I think when you can engage them and show them that what they, you know, what they think, what they feel, what they say actually matters, I think, I think that's important. Getting parents engaged involves a lot more than just disseminating information. Dennis said that they also tap the expertise of parents in the district for things like career days. We just engaged in what we call our, you know, kind of lunch and learns. And those lunch and learns are opportunities for students to kind of look at different careers. Well, who better than to use our parents, yeah. right? This is a pretty um, significant area um, that we're in now for, for, for engineering and computer networking and, um, um, and medical professions just in this particular area. So those are the individuals who we bring in, right? Trying to connect your, your parent population and your community to your school 
that has a significant impact. Once every year, uh, we have the opportunity to meet with 35 of our business partners, people that are around us, and talk to them about, hey, here's our goals, and these are some of the things that we would like to be in a position to do, and here's how you can help us, right? Sometimes that results in donation of funds. Sometimes that results in student internships. There have been times when that has resulted in jobs for parents, Hmm. right? So, um, again, Engaging, engaging families and engaging the community are things that I think um, schools need to need, need to seriously look at as they start to move forward. Some leaders in schools across the country might be saying, look, we're involving parents, but we're still struggling with this stuff. Why, why do you think that might be? What are some of the things that keep uh, school and district leaders from doing this effectively? I think oftentimes when you're looking to engage parents, we look at it from a standpoint of what is most effective for us as administrators, right? Work, work is tough, yeah. right? And I challenge you to find an administrator whose day stops at three o'clock, right? <laughs> or, or starts at seven o'clock. Um, so when we, when we start to look at things and schedule things, oftentimes we do kind of put those parameters and that criteria in place. Well, we can meet with parents, but it's gotta be, you know, three, four o'clock or everything that we do has to be 6.30 and seven, right? So I think part of that is really kind of looking and thinking outside of the box, what is going to allow me to reach and engage the largest number of people? And then for those that I can't reach, how do I get to them, right? So I think that is oftentimes one of the biggest barriers um, is, you know, everybody knows when back to school might is, right? But when you start to see a decline in participation, okay, so why is that, right? What, what is the reason why parents are no longer coming? Um, I think those are some of the tough questions that we have to ask ourselves sometimes because we, we do get set in our ways, Right? And we know that every fall, this particular event happens. And every spring, this particular event happens. But if we're not looking at that event or looking at the way we communicate that event and really truly getting feedback from people, then I think we remain stagnant and stuck in our ways. Um, and this is, a, you know, this is a generation of parents um, and, and students that things don't look the way that they used to. You know, why, why do I need to come out and listen to you speak when an hour after you're done, it'll be up on somebody's Facebook page or, or, or some sort of social media outlet? Yeah. So I think we have to take into account um, how things have shifted and the paradigm shift of both our students, our parents and our community. What specifically what have been some of the things, some of the trends that you have seen uh, with parents, some of the reasons that they might not be coming out and, and engaging at the level that you'd like to see? I think we are, um, like many districts around here, the, the, the economic status has changed quite a bit. Um, so you do have parents who are working more. Um, we also have situations where we have parents who have multiple uh, students, so throughout the, throughout the district. Um, and that becomes you know, tough as well. You know, when you have three back-to-school nights to go to, you have, sometimes you have to prioritize. Transportation can also be an issue. Hatboro-Horsham School District spans two different communities, about three miles apart. That may not seem like much, but some parents might not feel like making the drive for an event. And so they're looking at taking some events out to the community. So one of those events that we've talked about is potentially like a like a town hall. You know, when we roll out our new safety and security um, mission and some of the new changes and things that we're going to have, part of that is is communicating that effectively to parents. Why couldn't we go out to one of the local churches or the YMCA or somewhere and host it in a place where people feel comfortable? Um, when we start to talk about, hey, here's the vision and the plan for the next three years for graduation requirements, oftentimes it's us making those decisions. Why can't we get feedback from parents uh, with some different 
different programs. Why couldn't we go out to Hatboro and do some of those things or, or different places in Horsham? So I think it's just really looking strategically at in what way do you want people to engage and then what could hinder that engagement? Um, and I think that's when you start to think that way, I think, I think results can be positive. Well, let me ask you that question then. In what way do you want parents to engage? I want parents to be active participants, both in their students' life, their child's life, um, high school life, but also in the inner workings of the school. I want to see parents at sporting events. I want to see parents um, um, at concerts and, and, and walking the halls during different different things that we have here. One of the interesting things that we are going to unveil in the spring is going to be a parent mentor group, right? This isn't public yet, but it's going to be a parent mentor group. Um, and we're going to have groups of parents who have had kids who have gone through high school come in and kind of and mentor some of our incoming freshman parents, right? Because oftentimes those parents can be a little hands off, one, for a couple different reasons. One, their kids don't want them involved. <laughs> that, that's that's one. And two, I think there's a fear, you know what I mean? Um, coming from eighth grade to ninth grade, there's a fear about high school and you kind of want to remain hands off. But one of the trends that we're starting to see is I would say 60 to 70 percent, 60 to 65 percent of parents that we have in the building right now of ninth graders, we've now hit that point where this is their first kid, right? So that's a completely different approach than people who have had two and three and four kids come through. Um, so that's another aspect of engagement. When a parent comes in and you know that there's somebody who you can turn to, somebody who can ask some of those questions, somebody who may say, hey, I'm going to swing by and pick you up on a Friday for the game, right? Those are the kinds of relationships and types of engagement opportunities that we want to create. You mentioned that you were, a, you say, 1993 graduate of this school that we're in. Okay. Were there specific things in your own background or that you saw at Hatboro Horsham that made you say, this is something we really need to focus on? Um, I, I'd say yes and no. Um, so I, I graduated from here in 1993, but did not grow up in this, in this district. I moved here um, when I was a freshman in high school. I grew up in North Philadelphia, um, and my family made the decision to move out here when I was a freshman. So in terms of engagement, more support than anything, um, I was one of very few African-American students in this building. So this was, this was complete culture shock for me. I moved up here and... Uh, wasn't wasn't necessarily happy about it. Didn't like the fact that I was pulled out of my out of my routine and my environment, even though that was getting me in a little bit of trouble. But it was the support of individuals here, teachers, coaches, that I think have kind of allowed me to have some of the successes that I've had to this point. But in terms of pure engagement, there was more engagement than I had seen in other places, right? The parent booster club was strong. The parent marching band club was strong. But it was engagement that was in segments, right? If you were involved in a sport, involved in the band, or a very specific activity, everybody was engaged, yeah. right? Um, and I think part of that is is positive. But then what about the other 45, 50, 55, 60% of students and parents? So one of the things that we've tried to do, um, as I mentioned, is, is try to get to the point where we're more well-rounded in terms of the people um, that we try to bring in and, and, and focus on. What kinds of questions did you have to grapple with or what kinds of questions do leaders at other schools have to grapple with if they want to be effective and engaging parents? That's a very good question. I think I think one of the there's a couple key things. One, is it worth it? And that sounds like a crazy question, but it's 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 work. It is it is time. 
It is energy. It is getting other people on board to help and support. Um, you know, when we do our, our, our evening event and, and, and do our online thing, my whole administrative team, we're online talking to parents and, and, and answering different questions. So it's definitely a question of, is it time well spent? So that's the first thing. Is it always time well spent? I do believe it's time well spent. Sometimes it may not feel like time well spent when you're expecting 100 parents and 20 show up. But those 20 parents, um, the impact that you can have in the dialogue and the conversation and what you get from those individuals, I think, I think is valuable. Right. So. So, yes, I would say it's always may not feel like it in the beginning, but I would say it's always time well spent. Um, I think the other piece is, you know, why? Like, like, why are you looking to engage versus involve? Because, again, that is that is a key. I think that's important. And I think the third and probably final thing is, will you have the support to move forward? Because some of these ideas that I'm talking about are, are a little outside of the box. But I also receive uh, we receive tremendous support from our central office administration to try and change and do various things. So I think I think those are the three things that you have to kind of ask yourself. Is it worth it? Why are you looking to do it? And then will you have the support um, from the people that matter moving forward? So it's important for a school to bring parents and the community alongside it in working toward goals. But how do you decide what it is that you're shooting for? Do you just say, here's the goal? Or is it better to set goals collaboratively? And if so, how do you do that? There's a fine line between you know, that authoritarian and, and dictatorship and, and, and the democratic way of, of doing things. So I think that the, the opportunities that exist for parent involvement in these types of things and ways to engage parents is, is where they actually can, right? So if there is a specific state mandate that must be implemented, you know, whether a parent is involved or not, we have to move forward in a specific way. But if there are things where there's some flexibility Right, then I think it's important for parents to try and be a part of it. Right, So if there's something that we have to implement, there's nothing wrong with saying um, to a group of parents who you may have assembled in any of the, the, the ways that I mentioned earlier and saying, listen, here's what we have to assemble. Here's what we have to do. But here's a couple different ways that we can do it. What are your thoughts? You know, what, what are some of the pros and cons of doing it this way from both a student standpoint and a parent standpoint? Um, one of the things that we've implemented um, this year, and in fact, we just had our assembly last year is we've taken the same approaches. We wanted to do some things a little bit differently in the culture and the climate of our building. Um, so I created what was called a, a student A team, right, which is the student advisory team. And that advisory team spent the first few months kind of really looking at the culture and the climate of our building. And they came up with two very important things, the social emotional awareness of students and teachers and then relationships, student to student, student to teacher. So we started working on those two things. Then we brought in a teacher A team, right? a teacher advisory team who worked with the student advisory team. In September, we're going to create the parent A team, the parent advisory team. So now you've got 360 degrees of constituents, right, that are working together at these particular issues to try and say, how do we make the culture and the climate better, both here in the building and then also out in the community? So it's that's what I mean in terms of some of this takes time, some of it takes some patience, but those are areas where parents can significantly have some impact on what happens in the building. I asked Dennis about those three different groups, students, teachers, and parents. Did he see a significant difference between what the students recommended 
and what the teachers recommended. The reason why I started with students first is because it's very easy for, in my opinion, it's very easy for adults to make decisions and, and how it should impact kids. Yeah. We started with our students first because I really wanted some student input and student voice, which I'm, I'm really passionate about student voice because this is, this is their building, right? And this is their experience. So within reason, we want to make sure that they have a voice in terms of what things look like in their building. Um, so we started with them first. And if indeed we believe that, that the things that they wanted to work on and the things that they wanted to improve weren't legit or weren't ideal or weren't feasible, then we would have interjected and, and moved some things around. So I think bringing in the teachers, because the two things that they wanted to address, our students, were so real, so heartfelt, and so easy to attain, our teachers jumped right on board and said, okay, well, here's how we can help in this particular area. And I think the same will be for our parents as well, because they want their parent, they want their students while they're in school to, to have strong, positive relationships with each other and then also with teachers. And clearly they want, they want, you know, the social emotional awareness of kids and kids around them and the social emotional opportunities that exist for students to be positive. So I think it could have looked different, but we always start with the kids. So where are their sticking points in all of this? Where are the biggest challenges to getting parents involved and engaged? That's a good one. I, I would say probably one of the biggest sticking points has probably been social media. Mm. All right. Social media is a, is, a, is a positive thing, obviously, if used appropriately. But it also can have a negative impact that sometimes is tough to recover from. Um, or you spend a lot of time trying to clarify miscommunications and misconceptions. And I say that, and that, you know, pretty much every district has a parents of such and such Facebook page, yeah. right? Whatever school district. I'm a part of the one for my, for my daughters. And, and sometimes it's very easy to start and share information out there that just is not communicated effectively or just flat out wrong, <laughs> right? And, and sometimes that can turn people away from, well, here's where I'm going to go for all of my news, right? And all the information. Um, so sometimes it takes a while. You know, I, I like to say sometimes it takes three or four social media output in order to kind of change one, right? One negative one. Um, so I think that has been a barrier at times. And then I think it's just a matter of constantly trying to reinvent ourselves with what we do and how we try to engage people because life does get hectic. Um, and I have a, I have a daughter who's a freshman in high school and between softball and, and, and honors courses and everything else, it, it's hectic. It's hectic. Um, so parents, parents live a very hectic life and running kids all over the place, um, from the, from the crack of dawn all the way to the sunsets. So I think constantly looking to reinvent ourselves with how we approach them and how we ask for their feedback and how we get them in the building or how we go out to them is always going to be, is always going to be a struggle. Knowing that we have listeners who are leaders in other districts, I asked Dennis what were some of his aha moments? What are the most important things that he has learned that could be helpful to others when it comes to engaging parents and the community? Well, for $49.99, I'd be... <laughs> <laughs> um, those, those aha moments, I would say the first aha moment for me probably was the first time, and this has been about six years, seven years, the first time that we did our customer service survey and the questions that we asked. And, and when we were first putting the questions together, we were like, this is, this is kind of silly. Like, what do we need to ask people if our, you know, if our fields look good um, or, or, or how they're treated when they enter the building? But some of that feedback and some of the responses that we received 
from parents, like, thanks for asking. You know what I mean? Like, thanks for asking us this. Like, this really, this really makes us feel good that you, that you actually care. <laughs> right. And I think it was that. And, and we got a significant um, response from that. You know, when you look at the national average of, of surveys, it's somewhere between 28 and 33%. I think we were up as a 45, almost 50% of people wow. who responded to that survey. Um, and that went out grades nine to 12. Right. So we're, we're talking seven, 800 kids, uh, seven, 800 parents, because I think it was something that nobody had really, had really asked before, but it wasn't until we got that back where we started to really, where I started to sit down and say, well, okay, so what other ways can we get people engaged and not just on the status of the building, but on the curriculum and, and some of the changes and, and we're looking at how to better engage a certain segment of the population. Parents, what do you think? Right. Um, we're looking to expand this internship program. Parents, what do you think? Those are the kinds of things that I think sparked uh, or a spark from that. But I think it's it's, it's work to keep it going okay. right? because you, you can't you can't get stale. You know, you can't you can't get stagnant. The reason why we moved to our evening kind of online virtual chat and chew is because we got to the point where the population of people who used to come into the building for the chat and chew started to dwindle. Right. But again, you have to ask yourself, all right, why is this happening? And then what can we do to address it? And if we feel like we can't address it, then we got to throw it away and pick something else. Yeah. But you never want to lose sight of, of how valuable and how important um, that that parent and also the community engagement piece can be. I mean, talk about community engagement. We're getting ready to have, our, you know, say goodbye to our seniors in about a month. And we have a a community who gives away about $85,000 worth of college scholarships to kids. Um, so we're going to have about 100 kids that, that they get significant amounts of money, all from local businesses and corporations that are in this area because we've made it a priority to engage with them. And that's their way to give back to us. So um, it all it all is positive, but it is work. One of the things that um, has been positive, uh, I think I mentioned a little bit earlier, um, we're a success story. One of the things that I mentioned a little bit earlier is that our demographics have changed. Um, and we've moved from a building that um, about five years ago was probably 85, almost 87% white to we're about 76% right now. So we've seen our Hispanic Latino population grow significantly. And with that sometimes creates some of our English language learner population increasing, which creates some language barriers. So one of the things that happened a few, two years ago was we decided to have a resource fair. That resource fair included everything from Spanish speaking resources, low income uh, heating, utilities, those kinds of things, medical care for some of our, our, our populations that, that may not um, have been with us before, may not know how to access those resources. The amount of people that showed up and the amount of people who were able to connect because of it, it makes your, it makes your heart happy, right? Um, because now you're talking about one small event but the impact on families was tremendous. And that was K to 12. Oftentimes, you know, there, there are different resources within a community that handle that. Um, but I think one of the things that this school district does very, very well um, is once we've identified an issue, trying to work very hard 
to at least be in a position to help support, not that we're going to solve the issue, but how can we support people and try to provide as much information as possible? So that, that has absolutely been a success story. And this, this past summer, we did our second one. And again, numbers were great um, because it, it, it is difficult to manage, you know, when you're new to a community, you know, where do I go for these resources? Or I'm struggling financially, where is the closest food bank? Or, or you know, I may not have um, health insurance, what are my options? And that has just been tremendous um, for us as a district. And that got, that helped bring those parents into and become more involved in their kids' education at the school. And not just that, that is also made it very clear for us many times now when we are, when we are sending out communication, or when we're working in small groups with parents to address things, we make sure that there is a Spanish version, right? We make sure that one of our cultural proficiency coordinators who speaks Spanish is present. Um, we just did an assembly, again, that student A team just did an assembly the other day, well, last, actually Tuesday. And it was, it was pretty cool to see our Spanish-speaking cultural proficiency coordinator sitting on the floor kind of translating to kids and explaining to them what was happening. Um, so yeah, that it is. It has been successful, but you have to be in a position to be nimble and move as things change in your district and in your building, whatever the needs and wants and roles and responsibilities are in the district. What would you say have been as as you've worked at addressing this issue? What have been your biggest takeaways? What are some things that other principals or, or leaders can do right now to to improve family engagement? Honestly, this is going to sound crazy, but it it, it ain't rocket science. It, it truly is simple. I think it's a matter of really sitting down, looking at the things that we do, and then saying, is there a way that we could do this differently that engages more people, right? Again, I go back to the example, something that happens every single year, you're, you know, you're back to school night. Well, when you have parents that are that have sophomores, and juniors and seniors, sometimes that back to school night is a waste of time, right? That's a that's an hour and a half of your life you cannot get back, right? Because I've had that conversation with parents. So one of the things that we're potentially looking at is next year, we're going to make our back to school night a showcase, right? So a showcase where parents can come out and see some of the work that kids have done in these classes. You have food trucks. So that way, the excuse of, oh, well, I got to get kids home. I got to pick up little, little Johnny and we got to get food. We'll have that out there as well. So you make it more of a show of an experience. We're talking about potentially kicking it off with a tailgate. So imagine a parent tailgate, um, something that they can come out to the school, you know, kind of fellowship, meet new people, connect with old people, eat food, head into the building. Right. So it's really not anything ingenious. Right. It's just a matter of how can we look to do things a little bit differently to engage the people that we want to engage. And like I said, you know, if we do that for a year or two and we start to see it dwindle again, well, then it's time to retool. But I'm a big I'm a big proponent of of the question why. And I think by the time you get to to why on the fifth time, you have your answer. Dennis Williams is principal of Hatboro Horsham High School. Mr. Williams, thank you for joining thank us. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for the opportunity. Here's something that you hear at the end of most podcasts, but I promise you, we really mean it. Please don't forget to click on that subscribe button so you can make sure that you don't miss a single episode of Field Trip. It's easy, it's free, and it means that every two weeks when we release a new episode, it'll just show up on your phone so that you can spend your morning commute 
getting great ideas and hearing how other educational leaders are meeting the challenges of leading schools and school districts in the 21st century. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, of course, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, you know the drill. Field Trip is a podcast from Frontline Education. Frontline's school administrative software is built to help you save time, bring departments together, and make the best decisions for your teachers, your staff, and your students. Find out more at frontlineeducation.com slash fieldtrippodcast. For Frontline Education, I'm Ryan Estes. Thanks for listening, and have a great day.